This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Bible to the book of John, John chapter number 16 is where we're going to start things off tonight. The book of John chapter number 16. John 16, and we're going to look at verse number 7, and then we're going to pick back up with verse number 12. So here we go, verse number 7. If you've got an iPhone and you've never downloaded uh, one of the apps that have the Bible on it, you know, that way if you ever forget your Bible, it would be there on your iPhone. So you might want to consider that, downloading a Bible app to your smart device. I got a good story for you while you're turning to John 16. I was preaching over in West Monroe, Louisiana a couple weeks ago. And in the middle of my sermon, and I, I don't know the full attendance, but it was a couple thousand people that night in this Tuesday night meeting that, we were, uh, that I was preaching in. And, of course, I was using my, my iPad, as I usually do. But I never go to a pulpit without my Bible as well. So I'm preaching in my iPad the very first time, Dan McLean. That's never happened to me, and it's never happened since. My iPad completely froze, which I've, I've never experienced that. I didn't know what to do. I, I'm sitting there preaching, just touching it and pushing buttons and smiling and preaching. And I got to panicking. And I thought, it's not working. Oh, my God. Can we just pray? And while they're praying, I'm like, you devil, you be cast out in the name of the Lord. And I'm pushing and it's not working. So I just went ahead and owned up, you know, kind of like our Keeping It Real series. I just kept it real. And I said, my, my iPad's shut down and I can't figure, I, I don't even know the scripture. I was, and some, some real smart elect guy in the middle of the church building of a couple thousand, he says, well, I've got a real Bible. <laughs> he thought he was going to get that young guy that's only got an iPad. And I said, well, that's great. I do too. So I got my Bible out. So for all of you that are on a smart device, the only bad thing is sometimes they don't work too well. Smartphones make us look dumb sometimes, right? All right, here we go. John 16, verse number 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away... The comforter, everybody say the comforter. Man, let's just pause there for a minute. There's no one in this room. There's not a person in this room, no matter your age, no matter your history with Christ. It doesn't matter what background of faith you come from. It doesn't matter your age or your race, if you're single or married, if you have children or no children. All of us could use a comforter. You know, when we talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, sometimes people think that it's only for a niche, certain group. Or maybe it's just, maybe that's just reserved for certain types of people. Well, I believe that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is for all people because it is the comforter. 
And there's no one here tonight that could not use a little extra comfort every now and then. And I don't mean comfort in the sense that um, you're comfortable in life or you're comfortable in your job. I'm talking about a source bringing you comfort, soothing you, sheltering you, helping you, walking along your side, defending you, protecting you. Are you with me? The Bible refers to it right here in our text that the, the Spirit of the Lord, the Comforter, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now let's talk about this in context. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is speaking these words. And he's telling his followers that I'm about to depart. I'm about to ascend. Uh, I'm going to die and I, I, I am going to ascend and it's expedient. It behooves you. It's good for you that I go because if I go, then the Holy Spirit or the Comforter will come. Now look at verse 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Everybody say timing is everything. Oh man, have you ever wanted to have a conversation with somebody, but you just knew the timing wasn't right? Yeah, you just thought, I need to wait for better timing. Christ is literally saying this. I've got so much to share with you, but the timing's not right. Because you can't really handle what I want to share with you. You're not really ready for it. How could these men and women, for that matter, not be ready for something? Well, uh, they, they, they were needing something to prepare them to receive what Christ was really wanting to say to them. You'll see what I'm saying in a minute. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Verse 14 and 15, and then we'll be done with reading this. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine. And shall show it unto you. Jesus has something to say. Jesus has something for his followers to do. But yet in the omniscience of God. Jesus knew that the timing wasn't right. There was having to be some divine steps. Uh, think about this. Divine steps had to be taken. Before earthly results could be achieved. That's, man, that's just fresh right there. It's, I've never said that. It's not in my notes. But man, that just really, it's solid. Divine steps had to be taken before earthly results could be achieved. All of the signs and wonders and the incredible moments of God's spirit experienced in the book of Acts could not come until the death of Christ the resurrection of Christ, the ascension of Christ, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. All of these divine steps had to come in order before earthly results of the book of Acts could ever be achieved. So he's got something to say. He's got some things for them to do, but the timing went not right. So he's saying, in order to get you ready for that, I need to, I need to go. And then you need to go. 
to Jerusalem and tarry until you be endued with power from on high. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to be ready then to do what I am calling you to do. Well, what was he ultimately calling them, uh, calling them and us to do? To go into the world and make disciples. Everybody say this word that some of you don't really know what it means, but I'm going to have you say it anyway. Everybody say the word evangelism. evangelism. Everybody say outreach. outreach. Now, let's just break that down in street language. Everybody say, tell somebody else about Jesus. Yeah. You've spent all your time following me, hanging with me, doing life with me. But we've got a whole world that's lost that needs saved. And, and you're going to be the catalyst. You're going to be the ones that reach them. But you can't do it yet. I need to go where the Holy Spirit can come. And you need to receive it. Because it's going to be the difference maker in you telling somebody else about Jesus. Because if you go tell them about me now, it's not going to go too well. Because uh, it, it's not time yet. So Christ departs. He ascends, rather. And the Holy Spirit comes into the book of Acts, chapter number 2, as we studied here in the last few weeks. And, and everything was in the right timing. But I want to get back to this one scripture that we saw in, in our text here tonight. Verse 13, the spirit of truth. The Bible says that when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. If we're going to know the depth of God, the deep things of God, then it must be that we know Him on a spiritual level. A spiritual level. Look in John 20 real quick. Let's go to John 20. And for some of you that might be uh, visiting tonight, maybe you've, maybe you've chosen to, uh, maybe you've been here on a Sunday a time or two, and you thought, you know what, I'm going to go see what they do on Wednesdays. This is kind of what we do on Wednesdays while you're turning to John 20. Let me kind of help you out where we are and what we're doing. On Sundays, Sundays is an opportunity for a preacher to be able to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ for the lost, for those that are seeking a change in their life. It's so funny how I don't see how anyone can criticize a church for being a seeker-friendly church. I know that's kind of a hot term. You know, I would not want to be anything but a seeker-friendly church. Who doesn't want to be friendly to those that are seeking a change in their life? That's kind of goofy. So on Sundays, what we really try to do is create an environment through praise and worship. We try to create an environment through communicating God's word. For someone to find the change that they're seeking. A life's change. A heart's change. A, a, a moment of repentance. Uh, possibly a moment of repentance that will lead to, to water baptism. Of which we've just recently celebrated uh, several of you. And, and, and a life's change moment with, with the Spirit of God. But on Wednesdays it gives us a chance to kind of teach what we preach. Does that make sense? So tonight in John 20, all I want to do is kind of show you some teaching of 
what we preach and what we believe. The followers of Christ in John 20 find themselves in an upper room, not to be confused with the famous upper room of the book of Acts. This is another upper room. This is an upper room that they all retreated to out of fear. They were scared to death because Christ has been crucified. And they were told that they would be crucified. So they've retreated out of fear and intimidation. And they're all gathered together. And they're just scared to death. What, what's going to happen to us? We can't go outside. We can't be seen. We're, we can't go out into the streets. And all of a sudden, Christ appears unto them in his newly transfigured body. He appears unto them and just speaks a word of peace over them. Peace, man. Chill out. Everything's going to be okay. I'm, I'm here, and everything's going to be okay. Don't worry. And all of them received comfort. Everybody say comfort. Everybody received comfort, right? Well, no, not everybody, because my surname, Thomas... Go figure, Thomas wasn't there. I've spent my life always missing out on some really cool stuff. <laughs> I'm always late to the party. Well, Thomas, Thomas wasn't there. So whenever Thomas did show up, Mitzi, Christ is already gone, and they're all full of peace. They're full of comfort. They're full of excitement. Oh, man, you missed out, dude. This was crazy. Jesus was here. You're crazy. He was not here. No, for real. If you could have only been here. Well, I wasn't there. And I'm not going to believe this mess. You're all goofy. Something so cute uh, happened last night in our home. We were, uh, Esme, I'm sorry, Selah and I were sitting on the couch. And my wife, Denora, and our youngest daughter were sitting in a chair together. And they were being silly. So I looked at Selah and I said, they are crazy. And Selah looks at me and goes, no, Dad, it's loco. <laughs> I thought, look at you keeping it real in my house. It's what you call when you got white people, Mexican people marrying, you got kids that correct the white man that it's loco, not crazy. <laughs> so they're loco. So Thomas is like, you guys are loco. You just think you saw him. I will not believe this unless I personally see the scars on his hands unless I personally see the scar on his side I will have to see it before I believe it and you know you got to be careful how you talk because Christ Christ will meet you right where you need to be met <laughs> and Christ did meet him right where he needed to be met because it wasn't shortly thereafter that Christ appeared to Thomas and said I know exactly what you need. <laughs> what do I need? You need to see my scars. <laughs> How'd you know that? Because I kind of put it together. You're one of those. You kind of have a little doubt and streak in you every now and then. And you just won't believe until you see. So here you go. Check it out. And Thomas felt the scars. And he said, literally, now that I have seen, you are my Lord, I believe. And then Christ said something so powerful. He said, Thomas, now that you've seen, you do believe. But there are those that will believe without seeing. 
Here's where we are tonight. Stay with me for a second. There's three levels of interacting with people or interaction, period. There's the physical. The physical meaning Thomas touched his scars, right? That's physical. If you're a married couple here tonight, um, when you first met, uh, you physically met one another. Uh, now we're living in a, a world where there's meetings online, but it will eventually, if it's ever going to go further, you'll have to physically meet one another. Well, there's that type of interaction, but then there's the soul tie, meaning you get along with one another. You know one another in a personality level. You like to hang out with each other. You laugh together. You cry together. There's a connection there. That's not just a physical connection. It's a soul connection. But then there's this spiritual connection. Man, this is good. There's a spiritual connection. It's greater than physical, and it's greater than a, a, a getting along together. It's spiritual. And if you're ever going to fully know God... It's going to have to be greater than a physical connection. Well, how do you know God on a physical connection? You can read his word. You have a Bible. You can come to church. And how do you know about the soul connection with God? Well, you can be at peace with uh, experience in the community of the, of the faith. You, you love doing life with other believers. But all of that will have its limits. But there's a spiritual understanding of God. There's a spiritual connection with God that can only be established by something called faith. Everyone say faith. faith. It doesn't take much faith in the physical or even the soul. But when we're dealing with the spiritual connection, Brother David Herndon, with God, it's a faith step. Because now we are believing Without seeing. And it's a step of faith. You are fully believing and interacting on a spiritual degree. The depths of God can only truly be experienced by faith. And a spiritual connection. And everyone say amen. So here's Thomas. He wasn't rebuked by Christ. Christ was not disciplining him by saying, oh, Thomas, you wouldn't believe unless you saw. No, he was actually letting us as readers of the story realize that there's a degree of knowing God. That can only come by faith. Does anybody by chance have, uh, well, I know you will if you have a smartphone app. Uh, does anybody have the message <clears throat> on their phone or maybe a hard copy? Cherie, you do? Cherie, find 1 Corinthians chapter number uh, 2. And for some of you that may not 
know what I just asked for. Uh, my Bible that I preach from and read from is a King James version of the Bible. And there's a transliteration. There's a transliteration of the scriptures known as the message. It just kind of is a different way of stating. And I don't want to get into the whole heated debate of who's right and who's wrong. Here's the thing. Uh, sometimes you just need a little different angle for it to click. So I want to offer this little different angle to you tonight. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse number 11 in King James. And I want you to check this out. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God, <laughs> the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Now, Unless you're Pastor Tommy that's given a lot of time over to this, if I just read that out loud right now and you've got like T-ball on your brain and you've got what's for breakfast on the brain and you've got, oh my gosh, did I turn that report at work in on the brain? That right there probably went in one ear and out the other. It was kind of different. Sheree, are you up to reading or would you like me to read it for you? You up to reading? Cool. Really loud. Hey, kind of... Kind of read like, a, like one of those TV preachers just for the fun of it. <laughs> Listen, it's kind, of, it's kind of stale tonight. I just want to shake it up. Kind of just say, you look into the camera when I speak these words. That's not really a TV preacher. I don't know what that was. but <laughs> All right, read out. Let, go ahead. Yeah, just read. He lets us in on it. Hey, give it up for Sheree. That was good. I think you have a future in the old TV preacher stuff. God lets us in, Brother Luttrell. He lets us in on his ways. How? By his spirit. Woo, watch out. Check this out. I just like did a jig right there. Listen to this. This is so good. You will never fully get God. You'll never get his word fully. You're never going to fully get it without faith and the experience and the interaction with his spirit. Because it's his spirit that lets you in on what's going on with God. And, and we possibly are frustrated because we're trying to get to know God in the physical. Or we're trying to get to know God by just hanging out at church. And that's why a lot of people don't make the full journey because 
Church can't save you. <laughs> so many people, you know, and it's more common in other denominations rather than a non-denominal kind of uh, environment. But a lot of denominations, they kind of, they kind of, without ever saying it, they kind of find their salvation in 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 being a part of a church. You know, oh, I'm good, Pastor Tommy. I'm a part of the church. Well. You're only a part of a church when you've given your life to Jesus Christ because only Jesus can save you and put you in the church. And the church's job is to kind of like help you navigate life and to keep you saved where you don't check out on what God's already done for you. But if you're going to fully get to know God, you can only do that by His Spirit. His Spirit reveals to you what He's thinking what he's thinking about your life, what he's thinking about, um, what, he, what he's thinking when you read his word. You know, the word of God, the, the holy Bible that you either have on your smart device or in, in, your, in your hardback or paperback book, it's only a book outside of the spirit of God. But it's the Holy Spirit that came upon men, men of all different types, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit, and therefore they wrote the Holy Word of God. So therefore, when we receive that Word or read that Word, it's only fully going to come to life within us by the what? The Spirit of God. Paul, in the book of Galatians, you want to do that? Y'all want to look at that real quick? Go to Galatians. Galatians chapter number one. <laughs> Galatians one and verse number 11. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. It's not physical. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation. Everyone say the revelation. Man, that's the light bulb moment. That's the spiritual impartation that's, the, that's God letting you in on what he's thinking by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus was revealed to Paul. Paul, Paul got, Paul, Paul's written like two-thirds of the New Testament and he never was even physically introduced to Jesus I'm going to stretch some of you now think with me watch this Peter Peter does meals with Jesus Peter walks the streets with Jesus Peter hangs out with Jesus physically they're doing life together they're in community with one another but even Peter says Paul, you're at a whole nother level, man. You're at a whole nother level in your writings. I don't even get them sometimes. You're at a whole nother degree of, of, of insight on God. And Paul says, it's come by the Spirit. I wasn't lucky like you to get to know the man Christ Jesus. I didn't get to, you know, watch Lazarus come to life. I would love to have been there to watch that withered arm being stretched forth. How cool would it have been to see uh, Jairus' daughter healed and restored 
I didn't get to do all that. How I've come to know about the gospel of Jesus Christ has been revealed to me by the Spirit. The Spirit has become my revelation. How many degrees can we know? There's physical, there's soul, but then there's spiritual. Spiritual will always trump the other two. So here we have Paul, Saul of Tarsus, and we have Paul operating in a degree of spirituality and insight and wisdom that could not be taught by man. It did not come through his, his education with which he was highly educated. It came through the Spirit. I don't think it's by chance that this same gentleman was the one that took us through the book of Corinthians, chapters 12, 13, and 14, teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. I've kind of waited until tonight to kind of touch this for a moment. Do you realize that whenever you, whenever you open up your life and you request or you seek to know God spiritually by the ministry of the Holy Spirit, that if you, were, uh, if you were to be graced, we'll use a beautiful word there, if you're graced with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that is the open door, that is the, uh, the, the, the walking across the threshold into a beautiful ministry of the gifts of the Spirit. And the gifts of the Spirit, are, it's, a, it's a whole other beautiful lesson of which I don't mind teaching and we, and we will. But I would like you to know right now that Paul, I don't want to say the word authority, but Paul was extremely wise in the teaching and the stewardship of the gifts of the Spirit. But he never, isn't it interesting it was Paul and not one of the disciples that knew him on a physical level? Are, are y'all tracking with me tonight? You good? And nudge your neighbor and say, dude, you really need to act like you're good. He said, are you good? And you just didn't do anything. You just like stared him down. Yeah, lean up, lean up, lean up, lean up. And t Maria, touch Mitzi. Say, hey, are you good? Yeah. Now everybody else, lean up, touch them. Like pop them on the head and say, you good? You good? Yeah. Yeah. Right now, Brother Lee Scott is so glad that there's no one in front of him. He is like, Thank you, Jesus, that no one's in front of me because I hate it when he tells me to touch the person in front of me. It's so weird because the person behind me just touched me and I did not like them touching me. <laughs> Dan, better watch out. Yeah, you, you, you're the one, you know, you touch Lee. Lee's going to jump you in the parking lot and tell you, don't touch me like that. Come on, let me recap. Check this. I, I feel like I just got to say it again. If you truly desire to go deep into a spiritual experience, you're not going to get there with physical. You're not going to get there with soul. It's going to have to be your spirit. God's spirit interacting with your spirit. How that works, it's baptismo. You have to be saturated by God's spirit. It's God's spirit like a blanket being thrown over Greg and covering him not just getting his toes in it, not just shaking hands with it, but giving yourself over 
to the saturation, the beautiful baptism of God's Holy Spirit. Of all the people that could have written two-thirds of the New Testament, it's just fascinating to me that it was the guy that was filled with the Holy Ghost. That's not by accident. That's not by just coincidence. That's not by mistake for sure. I mean, we got a cat named Peter that's cutting ears off and preaching in the book of Acts. But yet God said, yeah, but you know, you've got your gifts and you got your skills and you got your, your really cool ways. But, but man, uh, the spirit of God has come upon Paul. And, and Paul's got these revelations and he's been graced with gifts to write letters to churches and pastor people and navigate problematic moments which tie back into, and some of you are with me right now, some of you are not, and it's only because it's new to you, but those of you that are with me, isn't it interesting that it was Paul that navigated so many landmines of church situations and issues, but yet he was graced with the gift of knowledge, the gift of wisdom, discernment. He, he, he had these gifts. I mean, this is the cat that said, I speak in tongues more than anybody. This is the same cat that said, man, when I'm done praying in my flesh and I'm prayed out and I don't have another word to say, it comes forth from like a river out of me and yearnings and groanings and moanings and the Spirit of God but yet he's the same one writing two-thirds of the New Testament. That's not by coincidence. So what I am offering to us to consider in this moment of revival for you, again, revival is not just having so many church services in a week, being refreshed and renewed, what I want you to consider is how far do you really want to go with God? Is God just something that's kind of a convenient Wednesday night, Sunday morning relationship you know, are, are you good with that? Because God desires more of you. And to have more of God, he's got to have more of you. And, and how that all convenes in its fullness, the fullness of the Spirit, is when you give yourself over to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it comes upon you. And it changes your life forever. Let me try to find a a winding down point here. Unfortunately for me, Brother Larry Garrett's not here tonight. If I were to say, uh, what time is it? Larry would say, it doesn't matter, keep preaching. But Larry's not here, and I'm scared to know what you would say. <laughs> Smart Pastor Tommy, don't ask. If we neglect our fellowship, week one of revival, remember the word fellowship was tied with communion, but the best word was friendship. If we neglect our communion slash fellowship slash friendship, if we neglect our friendship with the Holy Spirit, we deny the opportunity to fully know God. Let me close with this. I think a lot of people keep the ministry of the Holy Spirit kind of at arm's length because of some bad experiences, 
horror stories. <laughs> I'm going to tell one good funny story. And some of you, you're going to like lose your breath on this story. It's not out of a book. I didn't see it in a TV show. It happened to me. <laughs> when I was living in San Antonio, Texas, I was serving as youth pastor at a church that was radical. I mean, these folks were wild. What I mean by that is, man, when they started the music, people started running laps. <laughs> when that wasn't enough, they would open the back door and they'd go to the parking lot. <laughs> Sister Richardson just went, <laughs> yeah, they went to the parking lot. Folks, stay in the building. <laughs> okay, stay in the building. So this place was wild, man. But to their defense, before you think that I'm like making fun, they were all from a certain demographic. They were all set free from drugs and prostitution and, and, and criminal activity. These people were so radically saved, they couldn't help but be radical. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and, and I've, we've got several people in this church that are radical, and I love it because I know where they came from. But overall in that church, when it's a, when it's a family, you can't expect everybody to get that. Are you tracking with me? <laughs> so here comes little Borgar Parish boy from Louisiana. I take my little youth pastor job, and boy, I wasn't there for about three weeks, DJ, and this happened to me. I'm down at the altar, right? I'm the youth pastor. I'm a mighty man of God. <laughs> Brother Justin, I have my hands up, getting my worship on. And out of nowhere, I hear somebody in my ear. And they say something weird. They said something different that I wasn't accustomed to hearing. They get right in my ear and they said these words. You need to stomp on the devil. <laughs> I ain't even gonna lie. I was like, what? <laughs> I had my hands up. I couldn't even open my eyes. I was like, I'm scared. I don't know who that was. I'm not even gonna look. That dude just said, I need a what? Stomp on what? And man, I was like, okay, that, that, that was just, it, it, that didn't happen, all right. Oh, I love you, Jesus. No, you need to stomp on him. My God. And I said, what are you talking about, stomp on him? So I finally did what all y'all would have done. I hit him with the one eye. Y'all ever done the one eye? Where you go? I hit him with that one eye, boy. Don't mess with the one eye at the altar. Y'all have all done it. If you've never done the one eye, you just ain't never been in the altar before. <laughs> or at least how I grew up. You hit them with that. And boy, I saw them shoes, and I'm like, uh-huh, I know who that is. I know that. I saw them loafers, boy. I see them loafers. And then, then he just got serious about it. He said, no, you need to right now. You need to stomp on the devil. And, I, and, and man, I thought, I just need to get out of this. And I don't know how to get out of this. So I just did this. I said, I'm stomping. Stomping on him. Gonna stomp on him. 
stomping on him. And so help me, he said, no, 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 no. You need to stomp on him. And I said, stomping, stomping on him. And man, I start thinking, how's this ever going, how am I going to get relief? How's this going to change? Somebody come and get this man off of me. I'm the youth pastor, mighty man of God, and I don't need this right now. I'm three weeks here, and I have messed up moving here if this is what I've got to do every Sunday. And so help me, Elder Richardson. Next thing I got was about four of them on me. And they all were barking and yelling, stomp on us off. And so help me God, I am not making this up. I flat gave in. Have you ever gave in? Anybody ever gave in before? I just lowered my pride. I gave in. I said, get on him, get on him, get on him. And the next thing I know, they left me and went to somebody else. And boy, I went right back going, oh, bless his heart. Just do it real quick. They'll move. Pick your leg up and stomp on him. Man, now, now some of y'all, you're, you're probably, honestly, you're probably thinking, what's the point of that? Here's the point of that. There's no point of that. And that's what's jacked people up with some Holy Spirit stuff. Who wants people telling them that in their moment with God? You know what I'm saying? Can I just tell you this tonight? Check this out. Stay with me. Everybody stay with me. Can I just tell you this tonight? It's God's will that you be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And the enemy absolutely knows that. And he's going to do every single thing, whether it's an act of trying to get you afraid of it, or whether it's trying to get you to laugh at it and make fun of it, or whether it's to try to confuse you and not know, is it for the, was it only in the Bible or is it available today? He uses so many, that, you know, the, the, Satan is known as a deceiver. He's, he's known as a serpent. He's sly. And he's going, to, uh, he's going to come against you with so many different weapons to try to keep you from knowing God on a spiritual level. He's okay with you knowing physically and he's okay with you coming to church. He just doesn't want you to be saturated spiritually. So he's going to come up with all these different ways to try to get you to talk your way out of it. And I would just simply say as your pastor tonight, let's not listen so much to what the enemy's saying. Let's listen to what the Word of God's saying. I mean, if we're going to put our faith in God to save us through his, his, his gospel's message, then why won't we put our faith in, in this approach to know God spiritually? Okay, so I know that through the years there's been some, some goofiness. I know through the years there's been some abuse of it. I know through the years there's been some mishandling and poor stewardship of it. But let's not throw all of it away just because of that. Because I can tell you that the power, the beauty, the peace, 
that comes with the Spirit of God outweighs all of those stories that you've heard. And if you're wondering, well, who knows about that? Me. And I'm the guy that has gone through a lot of those weird moments. But I can stand here today that as many weird moments as I've seen and experienced, I can tell you I will not trade the beautiful interaction, the experience with God's Spirit just because of a few stories like that. Because it's been the Spirit of God that's changed my life. It's not so much been the physical. It's not been my church attendance. All that's been great. But it's the Holy Spirit that's really changed my life. I want you to stand tonight. Wow. Labor Day weekend, we're going to have a moment that we are kind of just setting apart. We're, we're, we're just going to kind of set apart that Sunday. And what we're going to do is just kind of, kind of follow up what I've been teaching on. I've been teaching on this, and we're just going to kind of follow up and give you an opportunity for all of those that want to <coughs> prepare your heart, <coughs> prepare your mind. And on that Sunday, you're going to have an opportunity. Uh, it could be standing right there where you are in the pew. Uh, it could be uh, that you might even come to an altar. It's just going to be depending on that day. But the location's not the point. You're going to have an opportunity of opening your life up and saying, I request the ministry of the Holy Spirit in my life. And I'm going to set aside all of my worries and concerns. And by faith, I receive. And because of your gaining more education on these Wednesday nights, and because of hopefully you lowering some of your walls and being a little more open, I'm believing with all my heart that there are going to be countless people here at Calvary Church Receive this life-changing empowerment known as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? All right. I love you. I bless you in Jesus' name. Get into the word of the Lord. Dig out these scriptures. And I'm going to give you something real easy to do. Okay? Everybody say, this is my homework. This is something real easy. If you don't have a Bible, tell me. I will buy you a Bible. I won't buy you an iPhone with a nap, but I'll buy you a Bible. <laughs> if you don't have a Bible, I'll buy you one. But get your Bible. Start tonight or start tomorrow. And before next Wednesday, I want you to read in the book of Acts. Just go through the book of Acts. Acts meaning the actions taken and experienced by the followers of Christ. And I want you to spend some time in that book and just read it. It will not put you to sleep because it is a cool book. You'll enjoy it. All right? Will everybody do that for me? And now for some of you that, 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 that think right now, some of you right now, the enemy even said, man, I've read the book of Acts. 
That's, that's, for these, that's, for these, that's for these new people. No, no, no. I want us all, let's revisit the book of Acts and get our hearts and our minds focused on the actions of the followers of Christ in the New Testament church. Amen? All right. I love you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.